0: Where should we start? Should we start with from the beginning chronologically? Let, let's skip anticipation, because we all know we've been waiting for this thing forever. Uh-huh. And let's just
1: walk through the since, plot. Since Riker and Troy yeah. walked out of that holodeck. Oh, God. Was that the last episode of Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay. Wow.
0: How, how times have changed. <laughs> yep. Okay, so walking through this thing. Let's see. How did it open? Did it open uh, with the Klingon On the planet. No, no. no, it did open with the Klingon. Aha, I got you. <laughs>
1: Klingons giving the speech.
0: Yeah, there was a war cry, mm-hmm. a, ra- make, a rallying cry.
1: Make Kronos great again?
0: It was. Cut it that was out. Very, it was very... Why? Oh, <laughs> no, it's too late. We don't edit this show. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with Eli. <laughs> See what's the
1: They're going to light the beacon.
0: Yeah, well, they're unifying under Kaelas. So mm-hmm. I guess before mm-hmm. they weren't unified, There were 24 kingdoms, I think we learned. That's earlier. right. The, the, Klingon, the Klingon
1: Empire is in disarray. Ah, yes. <laughs>
0: classic opening.
1: Uh, It is a time of war in the Klingon Empire. Which is fine
0: because, you know, stories are more interesting when things are happening, and something's Mm -hmm. happening in the Klingon Mm -hmm. Empire, so that's good. It's not just, here's this big
1: empire of people we hate. I I guess one question is uh, I think they've implied it, but I don't know if they're going to. That's going to be a whole long-running subplot of Klingon politics.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing I got out of this episode is that this is going to be a long-running series with a lot of arcs that are slowly unfolding. This is definitely a Mm -hmm. modern TV show. Uh, House of Klingons. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to meet um, the happy one, the sad one, the angry one, the
1: one that tries really hard Mm -hmm. and fails. Mm. (laughs) Uh, That one guy kind of hesitated at lighting the beacon. We have to assume that involves probably incinerating yourself. Which introduced the new character Vok, the albino Klingon. Yeah, I assume assume he was just off to die, but I guess maybe not.
0: (laughs) Let's find out. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So now we end up on a planet. There's some dry planet. Yep. Uh, I guess they've lost the technology to dig wells, but they have old wells, so Starfleet's here to save the day. They
1: can't dig wells as deep as a laser. Yeah. Lasers. Mm -hmm. They're good. Technology.
0: So Uh, in order to avoid the prime directive of interfering with a lower species, mm -hmm. as long as they don't catch us doing it, it's okay. As long as they don't make contact. Oh, it's all about contact. Because they got, it's not interference, it's contact.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, There's probably something symbolic about that they, they solved a water shortage by shooting it. But I'm not going to think too hard about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it was just one well on a very large planet. But okay, there are like thousands of those cocoon yeah. things.
1: Maybe there's only like 50, and they all live right there. Okay, but in Star Trek B
0: plot terms, how is this B plot? This is even the B plot. This is like the F plot. You know, it's not uh, there. This is like
1: the cold open. Yeah, a cold open. This so would compare to the Abrams cold opens. I mean, compared to the Abrams cold opens, it's it's not great. Oh um, no. Okay. No the, running. <laughs> The sec, the second Abrams cold open was like the best ten minutes of Star Trek I've ever seen. It was great. Which one? You now? had the <laughs> they had the the blue dudes in the red forest. Oh yeah, they, they were blue. Or were they white? Oh, they were white. So, oh, they were white. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um, they were cool. And the. You know, the Enterprise coming up out of stuff, which they always like to show that. Yeah, we got that scene. We, it wasn't we? the Enterprise. Oh, it came down out of stuff, though. Yeah, but it was
0: clouds. It was good. Yeah, you know, no, you got to cool. change the direction, change it up a little. Mm-hmm. So that was a great scene. We have the commander
1: and the captain. The, I, I'm, I'm going to split some hairs here and say <laughs> that her, her little signal on the sand. Gorgeous. Of the, the logo. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the CBS logo in the sand. Ouch. It was, was terrible. That was the CBS logo? <laughs> I didn't catch that. No, it was the Delta. <laughs> yeah. So the captain is showing, she's still wily. (laughs) I wasn't sure what that symbol was going to be, but I was like, oh god, I hope it's not that, I hope it's not that, and then it was.
0: Oh, see, I was, I'm not that smart, I thought it was going to say help. (laughs) I thought maybe it would just be
1: like a circle or something,
0: (laughs) like a big X, yeah. Yeah. But no, this is uh, Starfleet, they're smarter than us, Mm -hmm. they can do better things. It's,
1: It's in the Starfleet manual, if you're out of contact on a planet, you walk in the shape of a big Starfleet logo, and they'll come get you. This is also a big info dump. First episode exposition is always terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it, though. <laughs> it caught um, me by surprise. I like a mystery. The part where she's sitting in the, the learning ball. Oh, um, yeah. I and love it's that. like, hey, how about your dead parents? And she's like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about my dead parents. And it's like, okay, I'm going to show you pictures of your colony on fire and ask you more questions about it. Okay, but how about this? How often do we see a flashback on Star Trek? This is cinematic Star Trek.
0: They're changing the rules here. This is like a Netflix show. I don't think ever. I mean, we get like episodes devoted to it or something like that. But, but that's the mysterious yeah. plant one in the clip show. Usually, instead of proper, flashbacks, they actually go back in time.
1: Yeah, this was proper flashback. Yeah. So, let's see how that fits into the world. And in that sense, I feel like it did deliver a bit on the promise of um, kind of combining Abrams verse and Prime verse in a new way. Yeah. I'm going
0: to try not to cross the streams. This is quite a different show from next generation. Oh yeah. <laughs> this isn't, let's go explore. This is a story. They're, they're telling a game. Of and if you want the next here, generation, go watch the horrible. Don't start. It's too <laughs> early for that secret. We like Orville. Uh, so they're on the planet. We get, we get spun the story that maybe the commander will get her own ship, but that hasn't happened yet because the next scene is they're investigating a probe.
1: <laughs> Love that. That's pure Star Trek. Also, let's circle back to her chances of getting her own ship now.
0: Yeah pretty low, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of insubordination in this episode. Mm-hmm. Not the cute Riker kind. <laughs> <laughs> this is full-blown death pinch. De- death pinch. I always say that. Death pinch. Vulcan nerve pinch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, before that, we're, we have a gorgeous CGI uh, rendering of a binary system, and the characters make note of how gorgeous the CGI is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but fine. <laughs> It really did look good, mm-hmm. so the artist did. Uh, it was off. a pretty good uh, way to slip the date in. Oh, yeah. That was pretty 50 good exposition. was it? <laughs> Monday, whatever. <laughs> it was Monday. <coughs> yeah, we don't get days of the week think that it was often, Monday, but I don't remember. Yeah. It's good. I'm, I'm proud of that. Happy um, for that. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of this exposition could have been skipped. Uh, I'm, I feel like there's always a lot of pressure on them, probably from the studio, to make it make sense in the first episode.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,. But this was just like telling how you feel. I am in awe of (laughs) the Starfield. I just try to imagine Riker saying it. (laughs) It's just not coming out. Janeway wouldn't say it. She'd be like, huh, it's nice. (laughs) I could see maybe like Picard. Yeah, when he's he's a little drunk, when he's had his wine for the (laughs) night, and he's just doing his last bit of this shit. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Getting a little poetic in his captain's log. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Older Picard, I guess, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what's going on? Sensors are malfunctioning. We have Um, to send out our commander.
1: Something is scrambling their optical sensors, which sounds like cloaking device, but we're not using that term yet.
0: Nope, nope. And there's a little sparkly thing on the screen, and it might be a wormhole, but Mm
1: -hmm. I called it. It's Cloak Klingons. I called it. I mean, we know the Klingons are in this show. Klingons have cloaking devices. They find a cloaked (laughs) thing.
0: okay but we send out the commander because she's courageous and uh, the third because officer the science officer who i think is hilarious we need to talk more about him um is afraid of everything and he's kind of hilarious for that because yeah. i agree with him yes. almost the entire time um
1: <laughs> they didn't send the captain which is you know that's nice sensible. yeah so it's it's weird yeah mm-hmm. it's not quite i, I feel like uh, and i i'm gonna keep comparing it to the next generation because that's what we do um i feel like maybe uh jordy would have gone on that one yeah, but he would have had a cool shuttlecraft that he just improved yeah. to get through those rocks. Because,
0: you know, the rocks look dangerous,
1: but mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like Geordi could have gotten through. ultimately uh, Tom Paris. Uh, <laughs> the
0: Delta Flyer would have had no problem with that.
1: <laughs> Dax.
0: Dax, yeah, she was a good pilot. I mean, yeah, that's right. I forget about and that. And I don't
1: remember who was on Enterprise.
0: Um, Mayweather.
1: He was Actually, good. Archer would probably do it. Yeah, well, Dax. he
0: was a hero. Speaking of which, we did not get a cameo by any old Star Trek no. people, and I was hoping for at least a Scott Facula, but not yeah,
1: that. or maybe like a, a digitally de-aged Scotty or something. Oh, I don't know, that's pushing. <laughs> somebody, somebody <laughs> could meet. Christian somebody could meet like twelve-year-old Scotty. Think so. <laughs> no, Oh, uh, Chris Pine could have showed up just to
0: wink <laughs> or something. <laughs> okay, but we get a cool scene mm-hmm. where
1: she shoots across in a spacesuit, which, which is, is very cool. It's actually yeah. uh, very well done.
0: We never got enough external shots and. Any of the Star Treks, really. <laughs> uh,
1: I like the way it was done. Uh, you know, she flew kind of straight on, not like Superman style. Oh, yeah. Which Superman is like actually the way you would so do it in no, space. No, I, like I like her No, style. I mean like the vertical style. Is yeah, how you exactly. It actually. Yeah. Standing up, hmm? jetpack on your back, pushing you forward. That's what we want. Uh, compare this to the, they did that in Abrams Verse 2. They were always on their bellies, though, weren't they? I
0: think so, At yep. first. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way... Uh, yeah. And also it was like more skeptical. like skydiving?
1: Because <laughs> it was extreme? <laughs> so she, no, ex- <laughs> no extreme she, skydiving. She does something that looks a lot more like a spacewalk than skydiving, and I appreciate that.
0: And she happens upon a mysterious rock covered in metal, an exoskeleton of metal, mm-hmm. with twisty, twiny things. And this is a good time to talk about, what do you think of the new Klingons
1: and their design <sighs> aesthetic? I mean, Klingon design aesthetic has kind of moved around over the years. Okay. Uh, sure. I mean, original I, series
0: looked cartoonish. <laughs> I mean, they original series was like silver stuff
1: and fur. <laughs> I think they had some furs. They had some fur. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, some face makeup, but just mm-hmm. darkening their face a little. Next generation, I guess, we were into spikes.
0: Yeah, that's I think and next, red,
1: the definitive Klingon, red the, the one we're all used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I've, we
0: all know what that one is
1: never, like. I've never really liked uh, rehashed takes on the Klingons. See, I liked the Abrams Klingons. I thought they were pretty good looking. Really? Yep. Um,
0: we didn't get a very long scene, but we got yeah. a short scene of Batless and their faces and that stuff. And they had a kind of a, a slicker, more refined look than the ones we're getting. Ours are more, I don't know, what like are they? Navi? Like
1: reptilian? <laughs> <laughs> Ridgey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like the J.J. J. Abrams Klingons. Okay. Um, as a as a piece of art direction, I like them a lot. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I like them as Klingons, That's all I'm saying. Interesting. Yes, they're they're good-looking
0: aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to wonder, like, uh, isn't it famous, like, Michael Dorn the Worf would mm-hmm. have to show up, like, four hours, five hours before everyone else to sit through makeup? Yeah. So are they? Is that how the modern world works? Are they doing that, or are these all just rubber masks they just slip
1: into, do you think? I think the materials are better, but Can't it still imagine. takes a while. So all those people have to sit in the... Well, I mean, the background characters, like, are not as deep. Those are rubber masks. Okay. Anybody that talks, <laughs> it has to be applied, like, directly oh, to yeah, their glue face. to your lips. So that it'll move your... when they talk. Yeah, yeah, so they're sitting in that chair. So, like, the three people that talked in that scene. Yeah. Gotcha. Would have all had the. the oh, now you're gonna ambiance. make me watch you for that. How many people <laughs> talk
0: in the scene? <laughs> That's, That's true. <laughs> but they solved that by having a Klingon in exterior uh spacewalk uniform, guard, whatever you I call like, it. It looked great. Should
1: we talk about spacesuits? All right, let's talk about spacesuits. I really like the spacesuit. <laughs> yeah, it was half space armor, half like anime, half something. I just the Klingon I thought it was space really cool. armor. Both of them. Okay, the Klingon one was very cool. I thought. um mike's space armor yes um michael michael are we calling him Mer- mike? mike michael whatever <laughs> the commander yes commander um i liked her space suit i thought it was very cool
0: yeah I, it reminded me of the one picard wore when he was fighting the borgs and saying get off my ship <laughs> and they had these like cool modern looking spacewalk uniforms yeah. hers was a little simpler she was wearing like a shiny black spandex mm-hmm. as her main garb,
1: yeah, and then like white armor over it basically yeah. as the spacesuit. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like most spacesuits now are, like, spacesuit and space armor are converging into one sort of, like, <laughs> style. Fantastic. Um, the, I associate with Mass Effect, but, yeah. you know, oh, okay. everything else cool. Uh, But, but the like Klingon it.
0: was blinged out. If there's anything you can say about the new Klingons, 100% bling. And I don't know how they're going to keep it up for 13 episodes. <laughs> they're probably going to have to reuse a lot of sets, but they're kind of gorgeous. Um, I, I like that, because they're definitely pushing to make aliens more alien. In yeah. this one, we haven't even mentioned the bridge crew. I mean, we're oh, terrible at this podcast. Oh, that's an, we'll an entire... Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to it when we do. Final <laughs> thoughts.
1: <laughs> a new section I just invented in this podcast. Well, we, <laughs> we get back to the bridge after she goes <laughs> to the thing.
0: Right, right. So she has a duel with a Klingon, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, always kills, kills it because she is such yeah. a badass. Wow, yeah. Those thrusters, the back thrusters, you see? Obviously a better.
1: What? That was a very Iron Man move.
0: <laughs> does he have forward thrusters? Yeah, sure. Well, what the hell? He does he like have thruster everything. thing, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. The so she kills assistant. a Klingon, mm-hmm. blacks out because her suit's damaged. Mm-hmm. Somehow they save her because Star Trek. <laughs> they Yeah. <laughs> but it was tense. It was good. It was mm-hmm. well directed and all mm-hmm. that. They get her on board of... and she's angry. She's angry. So, Yes. Because she's been asleep for three hours, and oh my god, there's Klingons out there.
1: And they apparently didn't get anything useful from the suit, so she's the only one that knows they're Klingons.
0: This one we have this is when we have the flashback.
1: So now we have our flashback of mm-hmm. why she
0: hates Klingons, right. because this is a Kittimer thing. Uh, her, <laughs> her outpost was destroyed by oh, Klingons. Oh, was it Kittimer? Was so that Kittimer? No, 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 not at all. I'm really messing up here, because that was a Ramion attack, this was a Klingon attack. Right. We don't know if her family was Starfleet yet. It's a little confusing, but somehow she got adopted
1: by Vulcan. They said it was a Starfleet Vulcan science colony.
0: Fascinating. Okay. But for whatever reason, she wasn't returned to Earth. She went back to Vulcan and got to go through Spock's training academy, Mm -hmm. which kind of looks awesome. I wish my whole apartment was a bunch of bubbles that I could sit in and be quizzed in all day. I think that would be, I mean, maybe not all day, but I would spend some time in the quiz bubble. The quiz bubble just seems kind of like a Zen place,
1: even though it's yelling at her. It's very high, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very demanding. I mean, I, and the question is, was, was that a flashback or like a dream slash flashback? 100% flashback. We're not that complicated in this
0: show yet. We're, we're establishing character here.
1: In that case... <laughs> uh I think we should discuss the ineffectiveness of uh, asking students questions about their family's fiery death. Oh, I thought a lot about this during the scene. And <laughs> what I
0: decided was this is a smart computer. <laughs> like, it's just going to throw general questions at you to see, like, your sticky spots. And when it finds a sticky spot, maybe something you don't know or something you're sensitive about, that's when it starts jabbing you. Gotcha. you remember, it asked Spock, uh, how do you feel? And it just kept asking him, how mm-hmm. do you feel? How do you mm-hmm. feel? Yeah,
1: these computers are mean. The Vulcans are mean people. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, you know, that makes sense. It's, it makes you mentally tough. It probes you. It's like, uh, you know, in the military, where they do thing where they run for 24 hours and then, like, take a test. You know, because you got to stay sharp. And who's her keeper? Sarek. Yeah. Good old Sarek. Spock's father. So I guess that's our
0: returning character. It's mm-hmm. Sarek. Is he our, the only one? Our link to the <laughs> Prime Universe. Is that what we're calling Prime, Prime Universe. <laughs> Even though it's probably the Abrams, Sarek. But uh he's not very sympathetic cuz uh he's a Vulcan, I guess. <laughs> is that I guess that gives her the idea to call him. Yeah, it seems like as jerk of he is, he picked up the phone really quick. Mm-hmm. Like that was a 3 second ring. I'm not he my was, parents take like 10 20 <laughs> minutes sometimes to get up. He home. was already he was already dressed and standing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was with his seven collars popped. And he's very um, pandering, but parental kind of pandering, I guess. So mm-hmm. he's trying to educate. He's Vulcan, so he's kind of a jerk. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyway, she wakes up. This is all a delusion. <laughs> Who knows what it was? And she convinces the captain that there's some Klingons out there because I guess her video recorder didn't work, which, gosh, I
1: hate writing sometimes. <laughs> and this is that. <laughs> false and also, drama, this is false uh, drama, but whatever. Yeah, this is like a classic, um, like... Contact. Like, Cartoon trope, almost of like you know, the kid sees something, but nobody believes them because they have some trauma in their past related to it. Okay, yeah. like, I feel like this is a, a lot of a lot of after school Disney stuff. Did that one like Goof Troop? I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we're all going to learn to be friends at the end. No, that doesn't happen <laughs> at all. So a Klingon ship decloaks as we're all waiting for it to happen, and it mm-hmm. happened. And the ship looks nothing like a bird of prey, uh, but it's got these two big engines on it, which are cool, but they has got big the, big, <laughs> the big engine cannons that I feel are a little. Oh, little they cannons. Well, oh, they're little Abrams. Uh, they're they're like they're like the nacelles on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. but they're green and on a Klingon ship. Instead of out.
1: instead <laughs> of collecting hydrogen, they collect uh, the dead. Even though the probe thing that we mentioned earlier
0: that had kind of a wing look to it, so you saw like some bird of prey look yeah, going on. Yeah, the, the bird it's motif is around. Yeah, mm-hmm. Flinged out, of course. Though good looking ship, and then. It blinds them? Is that what happens? At some point, don't we go back and, like, they're doing the funeral? Oh, yes, yes. I keep skipping the Klingon parts. Okay, so the Klingons are all upset because she murdered a Klingon, which is
1: justifiable. I mean, he attacked her first, though. They blew blew up the little sensor thing. Yeah. I, I feel like they probably knew where that was headed.
0: Yeah, so we should also mention that the captain of this newly decloaked ship is the one who is giving the rally speech in the beginning. Right. So this is a fanatical leader who looks like he's going to become emperor at some point, or Uh if he's not already emperor. They weren't very clear, I don't think, on that part. But he was talking about Kaelas again, and... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you
1: say to get Klingons riled up. Talk about Kaelas. That's
0: true. And it was a lot of... um, the beginning speech was: "They're going to surround us and change us and eliminate our culture." So this is all preservation mm-hmm. of Klingon culture, mm-hmm. specifically preservation of
1: Talos's culture, which we all
0: know from Worf. <laughs> so Warf
1: is educated that's some <laughs> all. <laughs> that's true. I mean, we we basically know the history. Of yeah, us. it's like it's a mm-hmm.
0: shorthand. So he united hope... the
1: houses. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, now
1: they blind. So up. they they add the the guy's body to their whole... Of oh, bodies. Oh, right.
0: This is important. Or mm-hmm. I can't quite figure out how it's important, but the show makes it uh, seem important. You know, important. these
1: Klingons are very, they're very like Warhammer. They're very like Grimdark huh? Klingons. They got yeah. their giant ancient ship. It's yeah. covered in bodies. Like, some, like, what'd they say, hundreds of years old or even
0: thousands? Uh, they did a scan. I think Star thousands. Trek. Yeah, thank you. Star Trek scan. So that's an old ship where they dug up some old boxes <laughs> and glued them to the ship. It's
1: just been flying around adding bodies for thousands of years. Again, pretty cool ship design. I feel like it suffered from uh, one of those things that you see a lot where it's a very cool design, but then the way they show it and the way they light it is too cinematic to really appreciate the lines of it.
0: Uh, They had a few external shots of the ships, especially in a part coming up where more Klingon ships arrive, where, you know, the next generation taught us what space combat looks like. It's two ships pointed at each other, two Mm -hmm. big capital ships just statically
1: sitting there. About 300 yards apart.
0: And they paid homage to that. We had two big capital ships pointed at each other. Um, What is the name of this ship? The Shenzhou? Shenzheng? Okay. Well, look, I should have put that one my notes. Yeah. Um, It looked pretty small compared to this ship. And then it blinded them. We're finally going to get to my blinding part. Mm -hmm. And everyone freaks out. This is when the commander calls back to Sarek to say, what Uh, is going on with these Klingons?
1: Yes. The blinding thing happens right after... They radio home and ask for some help. Yeah. Yeah. And they talk to... Even though it was an
0: encrypted channel, I believe they said. As, As on Admiral
1: <laughs> Space Ghost. Yeah. Uh, we get to meet generic Admiral number one. I kind of like the hologram effect. It's a little uh, jerky in places. Like, it loses connectivity for a second. Do you notice that? It was a great effect. I liked it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, normally, they do that by trying to show, like, VHS noise in it, which makes no sense in the digital era. Like Star Wars. As we know, in the digital era... It just, uh, it either works or it doesn't. And that's how it happened. It would just skip frames when yeah, it couldn't keep up. Exactly. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So that was a good modern yeah, effect. Buffering. Even though I don't think in the Kirk timeline they quite had these sophisticated holograms as they only got them in Deep Space Nine, but... Times of War, et
1: cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it's like uh, video calling. You know, I feel like the comes and goes in popularity. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just the mo- mode of the time. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's considered really, really tacky in Kirk's time to call someone. So now the worst part of the episode begins. Sarek gives the absolute worst advice, but to his credit,
0: he's like, look, I'm going to tell you this, but you should not take anything from this. This is probably not great advice. And his advice is, if you see a bully, punch him in the nose first, (laughs) or something like that. And the idea is if you always take an offensive stance, after you die enough, they might come to respect you. I guess (laughs) is probably how it played out with the Balkans. (laughs) And they come to an uneasy stance and just respect this nature, this upstanding nature of the Vulcans. But terrible advice to give this commander who well, I don't know. I thought well, she, but
1: he he had a point, I think, about it working for the Vulcans, because the Vulcans had a very different method of diplomacy than the Federation. Like they weren't expansionists like the Federation. Right. We saw that a lot in Enterprise of like they had relations with all these species, but it wasn't like active. they weren't threatening
0: the Empire. They weren't gonna try to colonize
1: like they they, the they had achieved neutrality with as many other species as possible and they were real happy with that. Yeah.
0: Now, this is where it gets a little weird in character development. So, this whole episode, we're told multiple times that this is a seven years experienced first commander mm-hmm. of a big ship. And she now acts like a hot-headed weirdo, because she takes 100% <laughs> to heart what Sarek told her just to use his mild advice, Yep. yep. <laughs> and demands of the captain that they fire on the Klingons first.
1: Yes. Uh... So they go off and have a little discussion about that.
0: This is a terrible character moment. Weren't you confused? I'm like, what the hell is she doing? Is she
1: on drugs? I, like, I, is I she thought hopped hopped was up. a little over the line, maybe. A little. A little. A little. Oh my god, it was terrible. Uh, yeah. I feel like the, the um, nerf inching your captain should be saved for like... Uh, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. When they're inhabited by an alien intelligence or maybe on the holodeck for some reason. Or, you know, there are times where nerve-pinching the captain is appropriate. She nerve-pinched the captain. I don't know... if Is this
0: supposed to be, like, a sympathetic character that we're supposed to be sympathetic to as an audience, but then she acts completely wildly? I don't know if they're trying to do, like, a Frank Underwood thing, where, like, they show him murdering a dog in the first scene. You know, like? I was gonna
1: say, it actually reminded me a little bit of the first time they killed someone on uh, House of Cards. Okay, and I was yeah, like, like, oh, uh, I guess that's this kind of show.
0: So is she gonna be a broken, sympathetic character, which... I get as an archetype, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want that in my Star Trek, to be honest. I want an actual sympathetic character.
1: (laughs) To get into speculation, uh, this is not the Discovery. So I think we know what the fate of this ship is. Ah, yeah. And also everyone who has not had a significant speaking role so far. So probably, I'm going to speculate here. Part of her character development might be, this was a really terrible decision, and that's what gets everyone killed. Okay. And then like from there she'll kind of rebuild this is gonna be on a like, learning this is like, oh man, I This is the first ten minutes of um Cisco's
0: story where everything he loved was lost or except for his boy I had uh sure. Wolf 359. Okay. So it could be that. It I could just be. don't know. Uh, we should say that we are reviewing episode one without having seen episode two, because that would be spoilers. It left us uh, on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, so the Klingons elected Vok, we should mention, because he's he's obviously some upstart Klingon that mm-hmm. we we're going to have to pay attention to. To be the Torchbearer. Oh, yes, the Torchbearer. Mm-hmm. He gets a bat left. Looks. Torch lighter? Torchbearer. Torch okay, that was
1: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets a cool bat It's wildly ornate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. I it didn't looks, quite see the blade on it. It looks even less effective than a regular bat because it's mostly just uh, horns, kind of look like.
0: Yep. And that was it, yep, as you said. And then it just ended. Mm -hmm. So, final thoughts. (laughs) Final thoughts. How how do we, how do we wrap this up? You started with an 80% note. Do you want to expand on that or?
1: I, okay. Um, the bridge (laughs) crew, sorry. (laughs) A lot of it was better than I expected. Mm. Um, I really liked all the art direction. The cinematography was gorgeous. Yep. Um, Dutch angle. Every shot was a Dutch there angle. Were, there
0: was, I mean, they're so trying to separate themselves from
1: the original show. It's because the camera is fixed in space uh-huh. and the ship is tilted. Uh-huh.
0: I would love to see some of
1: those angles, but that's not <laughs> what these were. These were dramatic Dutch angles. Yes. And they might bring that in, but for the most part, I liked it. Um, and I thought a lot of the dialogue was actually pretty good. Like, I would say the character to character to character dialogue was decent. It's Mm -hmm. when they monologued,
0: which was kind of
1: terrible for me. And again, that's back to, you know, this is an issue with so many first episodes. (laughs) They have like this checklist of uh, backstory and exposition they need to get through. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, hey, we're going to wait until we're in the middle of a desert on a planet to recap why we're here and what this planet (laughs) is about. Yeah. And also my career. I like you to, you know, have a little faith in my ability to
0: look at the scenery and make some guesses, but as you said, first episode, we won't judge it too harshly for that, but it will be annoying if they carry on these monologues,
1: which I assume they won't. I mean, a lot of exposition has always been done uh, on Star Trek via the logs.
0: Yeah. I, I like the log report. That so, was fine, even
1: though it was yeah. sensational. <laughs> <laughs> I said and the
0: shot during that was great, too. Yeah. Nice CGI. They did great. <laughs> Let's talk about the bridge crew real quick. We got Guy wearing well, a uh, super airpod We have computer uh, tr- uh, cloud city guy. Let's call it cloud him. city guy. We mm-hmm. got a cloud city guy. We have uh Daft Punk guy. <laughs>
1: whose Helmet actually said alert when it switched I switched to red alert. That was, one was my was favorite parts. Hilarious. Did you notice when I switched to red alert, there was a little cancel button that appeared? Oh, that's smart. It's good. UI. I <laughs> wonder if he had to slide it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, who else? Uh, the pilot and Ops seem to be this guy and this girl. We don't know the l- what they're doing. The
1: girl does not... Does she have a line? I don't think she has any lines. Oh, and they had a few quick,
0: quick ones, I don't know. Well, well he we don't survive. know their names yet, though, but hopefully they'll be around, because they seem likable enough, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, who else is um,
1: on that uh, bridge? You know, I feel like we're missing... Well, the science officer. We're missing a character or two. So I think they might end up getting slotted in here later. Yeah. We, um, yeah they'll get their own monologue. Science of officer, that. Doug Jones. Yeah. Uh, he's a great actor and has been in all kinds of stuff. And I'm you really happy. The actor, I didn't know the actor. Doug Jones. Okay. yeah, yeah I, I, I met him at a convention once. Oh, no and he was a super oh, cool guy. Very good. He, he was funny. comic He relief. played uh, the monster in, um, <laughs> what was that Guillermo del Toro movie that was in, like, Spain? Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Really? He, played he Pan. was, he was Pan.
1: He was, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Abe Sapien and Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. This is deep catalog for me, but I'm glad you know. <laughs> no. Um, but he always does real heavy, like makeup heavy stuff. Okay. Interesting. Um, so you that's a good, good role. You know for his him. voice and he's not his face. Ridiculously tall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so makes, he makes a funny uh, click sound in his, <laughs> when he's worried, yeah. he clicks. He emotes really well, uh, and he has really weird proportions. So I like him as an alien. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be fun. Um, I kind of like that he, he seems to have a personality already.
0: Yeah, I hope they don't... Yeah, I think back to Season 1 Voyager, where they played the personalities really hard, yeah. and then they back off, so I'm hoping his personality backs off a little. I can't stand him
1: being constantly the defense scaredy-cat. But I also have some practical questions. Like, is he actually psychic?
0: No, it was all metaphor that or is it, sense
1: death coming. That just means he's scared But he said that they were like... Bred like livestock, but then he was like, but you know, Why would you for, breed your livestock to sense death coming? You would right. breed them to do not see death coming. <laughs> that would make them like a That would be humane. That, that, would, be that. that would that would make, make them humane. like a um wow. like, like a, a lap dog or something, maybe.
0: How do you have a planet that only has two species on it and they both
1: became humanoid sentient? No, it's two kinds of species. Oh. Okay.
0: Technical stuff. I guess I gotta read more books.
1: Yeah, I didn't really, I'm not sure about the, the uh, ecological science of not having a food chain. Yeah. But I'll, I'll ask somebody about that, because I'm curious.
0: I, maybe they don't have plants. <laughs> Just <laughs> rocks and
1: humanoids. I don't know how this place works. Two humanoids and a bunch of rocks. It's very alien, obviously. Uh, but no, that, that seems like something you'd, you'd breed like a small dog for, maybe? Like, that they can sense uh, illness, you know? Okay. So sure, like, uh, but they
0: ate them, too, I thought. But, oh, thought, no, they were yeah. diversified.
1: I guess I serve multiple roles, actually. Oh, okay. Well, that answers... Maybe we'll find out more about that. I'm sure we will, in a monologue. Maybe we'll find out about <laughs> his tragic backstory. <laughs> I just can't wait to learn about Cloud City Guy. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious if we'll ever see him again. <laughs> He'll be back. He seemed nice, too. <laughs> I'm happy to have Star Trek back. Any final thoughts, Eli? Uh, I am also very happy to have Star Trek back. Uh, I feel like... Maybe this is early, but it seems like a worthy addition to Star Trek. Okay. I buy it. I buy it. I'm still thinking about 80%. Campy. Definitely
0: not campy, but they're trying our... Just for this episode, <laughs> 80%. 80%. Fantastic. All right. Till next time, which will probably be pretty soon, because I think there's two episodes out. Yep. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. Bye.